welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Love and life, love and life. Welcome to the Six Again podcast. We are joined tonight by an, an annoying little creature. That is all right overall. Um, Beetle joined <laughs> us all the way from Canberra, representing his Penrith Panthers, and unfortunately also known as Jared's younger brother, or one of. How you doing, Beetle? Hey, good. Thanks, Adam. How are you? Oh, the I'm ugly just... one. Hey. <laughs> I've never heard such a thing. Um, He's the ugly little brother. <laughs> Daniel Beetle. I'm not going to get into comparing family members on this podcast. We're not from Gimpy. Um, oh, oh, Jared is. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Righto. Righto. <laughs> what a way to kick into it. Um, pretty much most of tonight's show is going to be focusing on the two prelim finals, as it should be. Um, we've got some expansion team news. Um, Melbourne Storm are so successful that they're throwing free memberships to all their members for 2022 season. And it's not just Cherry Evan backflipping anymore, supposedly. The whole NRL is doing it to allow Justin Olin back into the Dally M count because they bowed to I'm glad he pressure. finally admitted Cherry Evans backflipped. I'm <laughs> glad it took me. It took close today. to seven years and he finally admitted Cherry's been backflipping and he dogged up dogged Gold Coast. I never actually admitted anything. I'm just saying it's a <laughs> backflipping saga. I've already explained yeah. what happened there. I'm not going on <laughs> This isn't the Blake Ferguson flipping diving podcast, or is it? I think, I think Gold Coast dodged a bullet anyway. Oh, it. <laughs> Can you kick him off, Adam? All right. I'm trying. I'm trying to like logically think through that one. No, no, no. I, I think Manly came out ahead in that. Wait, game. at least his halfbacks won a premiership. Hey, Beetle. Yeah, that's true. You're the only halfback. You're the only halfback in this podcast who hasn't won a premiership. Your team, your yeah, team Pierce didn't win it for Newcastle. Come on. He, he fucking won two of them, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he knows yeah, what it's yeah. like to win a grand final. Oh, yeah. Can't wait I think for, he's um, the only half, only half in the finals that hasn't won a comp either. Old Cleary. We got Reynolds. Yeah, you got oh, Hughes. Yeah. yeah. Jerry Evans. He's one Jerry one. Evans and Cleary. Boring. Pretty sure you, you're, you're the... You're, you've only got this chance, Peter. You won't win anymore if you don't win this year. Uh, technically, we've only got like one or two premiership winners in our team. We've got uh, Momorowski, technically. He won with Melbourne last year. Yeah, but he did play. Also, he technically said Nico Hines in his first year. It was like 20 seconds. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Um, is the would be the other one? Coruscant, one with um, Rabbitohs. Yeah. Well, you we saw did what happened time. to Manly week one of the finals when uh, they had that many players not play finals before and it bloody showed. But they arrived it the week after, so who knows? Um, yeah, this is a 6 game podcast and we're going to talk other things rugby league. We said we'll get to those games. Just want to give a shout out to Benny Liner and Andy who did get back and contact the show and they won our footy tipping comps. We're in the process of getting their gear together. And on the topic of that... I will be down at the prelim final, Seagulls versus Rabbitohs. We'll probably be getting there around oh, 6.30-ish. 
six o'clock-ish. So if you're around the area, shoot us a message on Twitter and we'll try and meet up. There'll be a group of us having beers somewhere. We haven't decided what venue yet. Be great to meet a couple of you if you're in Brizzy for that one. And advertising that more, I won't be there. So that's probably better reason to go. Oh, yeah. It'll be way more fun with that Jared there. Exactly. Um, we won't have to talk about Newcastle at all. There won't be any <laughs> comparisons, all that sort of stuff. It'd be brilliant. Um, cool. So while we're in Brisbane, we may as well talk expansion team. So it's been pretty much confirmed or it will be confirmed within the next two weeks that the new team, the expansion team, will be ready and starting in the 2023 season. So there was fears or discussions that it was going to be 2024 due to financial viability. However, the latest meeting by the ARL commission is that they'll be right. They'll be sweet to go ahead 2023. Money will be recuperated um, due to people being vaccinated, all that sort of stuff, crowds back, TVD, all that sort of stuff. So what will not be um, put forward yet will be which team? All three teams, the Jets, the Firehawks and the Dolphins will get one more chance to put forward their last presentation before the team is announced prior to November 1 to allow them then to negotiate with players, with everybody else. So players that will be off contract at the end of 2022. So um, Redcliffe already got it. We make it a pretty well consensus that's the case. No. It's a freaking really? NRL, and half the time they know what they're doing. The other half of the time they don't know what they're doing. They just pretend they know what they're doing. I think so, they know what they're doing off the field. I don't, I'm not sure on the field. Where's the bunker sitting at? That'd be on the field because they directly impact on the field. Okay. Yeah. So that's, I know it's in an undisclosed location hidden away somewhere so it doesn't get firebombed, but. It is, I would say it's on the... Oh, the bunker. I thought you were talking about where they're going to announce the... Okay, that's cool. That makes way more sense. Um, I'm freaking... Well, I always vote for Team Chaos, so I can't wait for November 1 this year. I hate the fact you can sign players the season before we talk about this, but it, while it's still there, this is going to be freaking hilarious, this random new team jumping in to do it. I'm, I'm more curious about what the coach they get, who's available and who's keen to do it. I reckon Paul Green announced, but if you, mm. I wouldn't put him at the head of an expansion. Um, and then who's their target going to be? Like, you got players, are they going to do it conservatively? Are they going to throw a million dollars at a superstar player to get their brand up? It'd be, it'd be really interesting. Um, and also, again, Redcliffe probably had the most currency skin in the game just because, well, every Broncos players come from Redcliffe, so they probably want to go there. I reckon they just put a million dollars on nine players. It doesn't matter. I'm having a look at players that are off contract uh, at the end of 2022. So they're the players that they can then talk to. Um, They can put together a pretty decent team. I, a, I really I really respect your research here, Adam. This is gonna be but brilliant. I do, I do under I do want to ask you when the hell has the contract ever mattered in the NRL? No, I mean these are the players that they can actually legally talk to. No, I know, but when when has that ever changed? When has that ever affected anything in the NRL? There's contracts mean literally nothing. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just 
These are the asterisk legal ones. Okay, uh, so who are they? I'm not reading them out. There's over a hundred. Um, the impic- <laughs> who jumps one- out at you? Oh, um, Jack Murchie. No. Um, <laughs> just looking at the storm, you got Jesse Bromwich, you got Brendan Smith, you got Christian Welch, Fleece Kafusi. Um, where's another big profile team? Oh, Ponga's uh, got a um, Patrick Carrigan from the Broncos. If you want to take someone decent, if they if they let him go, that is just ridiculous. He's Josh, a oh, here's one for Raiders: Josh Hodgson and Tom Starling. So one of them <laughs> would be likely to go. Uh, where's your Penrith boys? Uh, Dylan Edwards, Kikau, Corusel, Morowski. There's some, yeah, some pretty decent names coming off contract for 2022. So, yeah, interesting. Project Chaos, I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> who do you want, Beetle? Who would you prefer in the comp? team. Yeah, out of the three expansion teams. If you if you wanted to None. see one in the comp. None. Oh. None. <laughs> Why is that? Here we go. <laughs> There's not enough talent to go around. Oh, I feel like there's an echo right now of someone else we know, Stephen. Who, Dad? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me and Dad talk about it all the time. It's true. (laughs) Look at the the top four teams. They've been the the best teams all year. And look at the top two teams who have smashed the bottom two teams twice this year each. There's a a huge gap. Um, And I think the NRL is only doing this because of the money and I don't see the point of adding one more team in because it's going to be the same amount of games on the weekend anyway. So, so you're, really you're make, unsure why a business wants to make more money? No, I'm not saying, I'm saying I'm unsure about why they're, they're doing this because they need to add two teams in to, to make it justifiable and there's not enough team, not enough player talent in the comp for that to happen. Yeah, I, I think there's enough talent. I think it is just Certain teams and certain setups, especially from the front office, have a much more successful and efficient way of sourcing and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Getting that talent to reach their top level. Like we've talked about Melbourne in the past, their four immortal uh, chances all came from the Brisbane comp and how many teams let them go before they were signed by Melbourne. So it also comes down to scouting and recruitment. How good your club is at that. And another part of it is that you say there's no talent. Like, look at halfbacks in the competition right now. You've got Jerome Hughes, Nathan Cleary, Adam Reynolds, Daly Kerry Evans, Luke Kerry slash Sam Walker, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, Mitchell Pierce, Jamal Fogarty, Sean Johnson. Um, well, George Williams was there. You've got Jack Wine, Daly M, winner Ben Hunt, Um and that's the top 11 halfbacks. They are very good halfbacks. You go through the list, there is enough players to go around. And, you know, you've got up at North Queensland, you've got Tom Deedon, Scott Drinkwater, and they had Jack Clifford and another one, whoever the other one is. Chad Townsend. They, Chad Townsend. They are talented halfbacks. There, there is enough talent to go around. And there's players sitting in reserve grade. Look, look, look at what Melbourne have done, as Adam used an example. There was a, there was a whole team in reserve grade playing there a few years ago when Falcons 
lost the comp for Papua New Guinea, who are NRL standard to sit in reserve grade. Yeah, he, he's right in that fact that Melbourne have that system in place. So the, Penrith as well. Penrith have that system in place. The good teams have that system in place to do that. But the the, the teams that don't, they buy the players. Look, look so at, so you're what talking, you're saying you're, is... You're, you're, you're talking about Kiri. Kiri got bought from Souths. Roosters didn't develop him. You're talking about other players as well. Chad Townsend got bought from Cronulla from and Warriors. That's not, that's not the question, though. It is the question. You, you no, no, saying, your well, question is there's not a lot of talent in a National Rugby League comp. There isn't. There isn't. National there is, Rugby that, League comp, that means they can pick who they want from wherever. And that goes international as well. Most of those halves you talked about are almost 28 years old or plus. That's when yeah. NRL players play their prime. <laughs> Cleary's, like Cleary's a free. Cleary's yeah, yeah, but that's 26 Jerry Evans won his Jerry only comp in his first year. Yeah, but yeah, but the, 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 there's always outliers. But 26 to 30 is the NRL prime. No. And, and 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 you just mentioned that Melbourne and Penrith have a nursery sitting there and that they're able to do that. So, so you're saying so is you're it, saying wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. You're saying that they're able to do that, but on the other hand, you're saying there's not enough talent. So is that the players' fault or is that the people developing them fault? People developing. No. 100%. So, another so, part of this is look how many players from Brisbane have gone to other clubs, not the Broncos, because the Broncos literally can't hold more than 30. Having a yeah. second team in that area is going to allow, hopefully, the Brisbane area to hold on to more of their juniors, regardless of whether they came through Brisbane like Broncos feeder clubs or elsewhere. And the other thing is rugby league's losing its footing, especially in Southeast Queensland where AFL is just running right with ratings and grassroots and participation numbers. Um, this, they haven't talked a lot about that, but that's going to be, a, that this is, sorry, that is a huge factor in the decision to have the expansion team yeah. in this region. So I think what it comes down to, there is enough talent. It's just not being developed correctly. So if they put another team in and throw a whole lot of money in development and putting pathways at every club, it should be fine. Is that yeah, what you're saying, maybe? That's going to take years. Yeah. That's fine. That's not fine. you got you got clubs that are like, let's say, Henry versus bloody Cowboys. Who watches that Unless you're an actual NRL fan who always support those two teams. No one watches oh, that because it's going to be a low-quality game. It's going to be the same situation. It's going to be the opposite effect. You're going to have the ratings. You're, they're putting the two extra teams in for that extra game on that weekend to get the ratings up. But if the two crappy games, but you don't support those two teams, it's going to be hard to find a, a supporter base yeah, for that new team in Britain as well. That goes back to NRL. It's going to it's have got the a point effect. there. Like when the Titans came in, they... We're a novelty. Struggle. And then once they started losing. Yeah, but that you use Bulldogs as an example there. Right where oh, they're on the bottom of the ladder right now. Yeah, that is yeah, their that's, fault that's, for what they've done the only, for the last six years. No, it's not. It's the it's the it is. Of, it's no, they could it the NRL the NRL should be like that. They were dominant. The last grand finals in 2016, they made it in. They were dominant for the those that 14. from 24. Yeah, what's what I meant? 2014 to, to 2012. They went they were in mm. two comps and um What's that? Two years, four, four years, whatever it is. That's what it should be. The top, that's the way the NRL should be. That's what the salary cap's designed for. Mm-hmm. You make the grand final, those players are good, mm-hmm. and then they have to get bought because the play, look at Pembroke right now. We're going to get decimated in the next mm-hmm. couple of years because we can't hold our play. Look at Melbourne. Melbourne, the same. They lost you, Christian Welsh. 
no, 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 no. That's no. the way the NRL should be. The NRL should be like that. Develop the players, and then they lose their players. They lose their talented team, and then the next crop of players, like the Bulldogs, for example, they're blind. They bought a crap ton of players this year. They should be, arguably, they should be in the top eight with the caliber of players they've got in the next couple of years. Bulldogs were the worst they, person you could have used for that example. Well, no, no I'm, I'm with Beat on now because I think no. the salary that's what the salary cap's designed for, and that's what it does. But it yeah, and also shows what did Bulldogs do? And Roosters, um, mainly to a much lesser extent, but they haven't manipulated the cap, but they found a way to they um, fucked themselves up. Des Hadsler fucked them up. I'm talking about Storm and Roosters, um, no, Bulldogs. Yeah, okay, go back. I'll go, I'll go back to Bulldogs soon. Yeah, no, that's. The salary cap is designed, like Beatle said, for teams to have a short window of success before they're priced out of their own players and teams that aren't doing well can buy them. What's made the Storm so good and the Roosters so good recently is they've been able to buy players or bring players there cheap, get the best out of them through their coaching staff and sell them to, for a much larger profit um, which doesn't then affect their salary cap. And then in between that, they can buy marquee players. Well, that's what Roosters have done, whereas Storm have bought pretty much everyone cheap and turned them into marquee players. Where yeah, the so- Bulldogs screwed up and where Manly screwed up towards the end was they back-ended the deals of those yes. players who'd won them premierships, which is such an old-school loyalty mentality because it fucks you up three, four years down the track. But in saying which that, the coach doesn't care because they're employed to win that year. They don't care what's going to happen in four to five years. Yeah, so that's right. they'll pay it's the money to get the best player now. I think the salary cap is fine. I.e. Wayne Bennett. That, that's the way. Yeah. That's, you, that's, that's my point. You use the worst possible example to justify your argument. Bulldogs have messed up their salary cap so bad that they're still paying for it five years later. That's you know, not how the salary cap's supposed to be. Yeah, it is. It's just whether you can can use it properly. Yeah, yeah. So you can't go, oh, they've done it right, even though they fucked it up and spent five years. If they'd done it right, they wouldn't be digging themselves out of a hole right now. And you know who doesn't care? Hasler, because he's not there. Oh, he doesn't. It was was his fault, but he doesn't care. Him and Raylene Castle messed up the Bulldogs. The other side of it is if the coach is the one signing the contract, your club's not in a good position. All right. Talk about millions of dollars. The Melbourne Storm stands to lose millions of dollars in revenue next season, but for a good reason. So they have decided to give all of their members, member ticket holders who live in Victoria, free membership for the 2022 season. This is because they've only held five home games in the last two years, despite having their greatest membership drive um, over this previous season of 28,000 members which is bigger than some of the Sydney clubs, um, which makes sense. I guess you've got an entire city, but they've also got all the AFL clubs as well. So this is huge. So Rodsky, I'm trying to find his first time I had it here at the start of the... Justin, there you go. The new CEO, Justin Rodsky, um, has said this has been a carefully planned decision. They plan for the financial loss that will come next year, uh, which will run into the millions of dollars that they get through memberships. But the long-term output of this, I think, is going to be well worth it. And I think part of what they're thinking, imagine how good a mood these fans and supporters are going to be 
if they've got membership on their house and live Melbourne Storm back in Melbourne, they're going to be buying a shit ton of merchandise and food and that place will be packed all season. So I think they're going to recoup some of that money um, that way. But this is a huge, huge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Positive gesture that I think the NRL could take on board and look at different ways to, no, no, I'm not saying give out free memberships and stuff, but the fact that Storm are getting on the front foot and saying, you know what, this is giving back to the fans. That sort of mentality is something the NRL could probably tap into a little bit more. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is, this is the best news. And this is why Melbourne's such a good club. They actually care about their supporters and want them to come. Okay, That's all go. it is. Yeah. Salary cap umbrella for memberships. Brilliant. All right. Let's um, <laughs> move on to Dally M that happened on Monday night that no one knew about. The first half of it. The other half, it's next Monday night. And the biggest news kind of out of the whole thing was the absence of Justin Olam's uh, nomination for centre of the year. And as the as NRL social media does, um, instead of talking about all the positives and I was like, where the hell was Justin Olam's nomination? And who the hell are the other centres that were better than him this year? The NRL's now since backflipped on that and he's received a nomination. So I love that. Public peer pressure will make the NRL change its decisions. So now that we've seen who the referees are going to be for this weekend, let's see if we can get the same thing happening. <laughs> Justin okay, Olin, no. who's better than him at centre this year? I was literally driving around when I heard about this and I I could lift off the top of my head, I thought of one. After a little bit more thinking, I thought of another one. And then I was... I, I want to throw a smoky in there as Kurt Mann. He <laughs> wasn't even nah, in a beer. Yeah, see, but this, this is actually going back to what we were saying earlier. Like, this is show, shows how good Melbourne was. He He's clearly the best center in the NRL right now. But Melbourne has so many stars that he's hard to get a, like, it's hard to look at him. He played like does in, you know, Newcastle, Manly, bloody Bulldogs or something. He'd be like number one on the ballot. But because he doesn't get shined, the light shined on him as much, if you want to put it that way, because he's playing a team who are all excelling, it's hard for him to get a look in. And that's why he's got this. That's why this is happening. Unfortunately, I have to agree with him. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, I love the, the unfortunately there. Um, so <laughs> how this all comes about is... How the, how the Dally M works is a 3-2-1 point scoring system. Uh, best player on the field gets three, two, and then one. Now, that's for the Dally M itself. For the team of the year, so that recognising the best player in each position across the 25 rounds, um, there is a panel of judges, and they vote on the best player in each position at regular intervals throughout the season. A further vote is conducted at the conclusion of the regular season. So this is separate to the 3-2-1 voting. However, if a player does finish individually in the top three of the Dahlia medal, they receive their position in the team of the year uh, regardless. So there is a chance that a player uh, wins a position of the year without getting any Dahlia points. That would be a very, 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 very small percentage of a chance, but it is still a chance. So one of the things I saw was thrown around, I'm trying to find the person who mentioned us in this, 
was should there be a difference in weighting for players who are in a who are performing really well in a stacked team, Justin Olam in Melbourne, should there be a different rating of points for someone like that compared to a player who's clearly excelling in a bad team, like a Tuivasa-Sheck, where you may not actually be close to the best in your position in the league, but you look really good because you're in such a bad team. Yeah, Nathan Cleary. Um, is that a possibility? Do you guys think something like that could fly? Yeah, definitely. How, um, the thing is how we um, how it's weighted. It's such a hard topic because, like, <laughs> perfect example, we got very subjective views yes. on player performances. That's why it's so hard. And then if and, you did it on stats... Like you look at the running meters of two of Vastashek compared to the running meters of um, who's more of a ball playing fullback who's not a not so much of a runner like Dylan Edwards. Um, well, that that's two Vastashek is going to kill Edwards for running meters all year, um, but that's just one stat of how many. Which stats are you going to include? It's still then going to be subjective on the stats you decide on. Um, and it's also oh, I, subjective on the people who are picking it. Like Steve Roach is on the committee. Enough said. It, should he be picking a winger? I, I like, like that. I kind of like that. Could you have three judges per position each week? So the same three judges for fullback, just look at the fullbacks each week. And it'd be like, say, Slater, Shikovsky, and um, Minicello. Minicello. And they just what they look at the fullback performances each week. See, could you do something like that? I, I, there could be a million things floated up for this. I don't, I, I don't know. That, that's the problem. Like, no matter what system you come up with, unless you go hyper specific on certain stats or whatever, or like you said, get what over 68 people involved picking this squad. Um, like well, the NRL's ever had too many people making the decision. Come on, Jack. I know, but it's just, it's just like whatever system we come up with, it's imperfect. True. And it's going to have this conversation every single time. And I don't think, I think that every single year, like last year, I'm pretty sure we're sitting on this podcast debating whether Whiten should have won the Daily Ant. Um, I don't remember that. That was like six years ago. Uh, my favorite, my favorite Dalian controversy was the one of the judges voting on a game he didn't actually watch. That was brilliant. Um, so my shout out was to Corey's boy, um, who, who's, who threw that idea our way. And I like one of the replies. I'm not going to say this one in case uh, it gets in trouble, but. They reckon they should let Dally M himself decide. Obviously, he can't be there himself. So what we do is lay photos down of the best three players from each club, then drop <laughs> drop a bag of bones, and whichever photo the pole lands on is a winner. That's fucked. I know. <laughs> That's morbid as shit. And then someone goes, how about we let Paul the Octopus decide, like the one that does the Olympics and stuff? Yeah, I like, look, you know I, I think you'll be just as justified as anything else. No one can argue with an octopus. And in all that... Um, I'd, t- I'd take him off, he didn't declare it. Who else? Who, who do you think the two, two players are that um, would provide some competition for Olam? 
from this season? Manu and Motrovojevic, because he got named, he's probably getting named at centre. <laughs> Manu was the only um, one that jumped to my head, and he his performance actually even stepped up when he went to fullback in 5'8", so I, I, that's yeah. funny. I would consider Gay Guy. Yeah, Gay Guy had a, a really good season. Yeah. yeah. And um, then from and there, I was just blank. Well, look, I hate saying it as well, but Burton did have a good season, but he's not up there in... Where what old woman gay guy are doing? Like who invited Wally? <laughs> Paul's on. Who the hell invited Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, Nick Wally Wallace somehow gets an invite <laughs> tonight. What the hell's going? Who invited you? Ah, uh, the better mutant. Oh, what? Billy. <laughs> Hey. What's out, going just, on here? Just, just bombs the party. I was like, Sorry, was who, who was the best centre in the competition this year, Well, Zach Lomax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared Beal. Um, <laughs> I'd be Justin Olam or Joey Manu, surely. So there you, we go. Can you think of anyone else who should be there, though? We, yeah, we, we threw... We, <laughs> 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 we threw up. We threw up. Gay guy. That's all we could think of. Yeah, yeah. Gay guy would be another one. Um, <clears throat> other than that, I don't think there's that many good centers in the comps. No, the other two that were nominated supposedly have been. Don't Matt tell Burton me it was Stephen Crichton. Stephen Crichton. Oh, yeah. you're kidding me! <laughs> and I think like Matt Burton um, played really well in the centers this year. And well, someone who's not a center, yeah. But but it doesn't like if that's the position you play yeah. in. That's the position you get picked for. But. The, the level that Olam and Marnie were on compared to everyone else was just another level up. And the fact that he wasn't even nominated first time around just shows how poor the decision it I was. Think, I think Stephen Crichton played every other position more than so. Yeah, it's a bit like Marnie. Yeah, he played, yeah, he played full Why back. don't you really walk him on the wing? I think Pembroke lose something when he's played full Stephen Crichton pass. So, yeah, look, I, I think he's a very overrated player. I'm just going to leave it at that. Sorry, I've come in. I, I haven't been invited. I just rock up <laughs> and start spraying people. But... I, just, I just saw your name pop up the top. So we're just going to finish on this one before we get into um, signings and stuff. But like it, this kind of points out the issue itself. So the, the headline here is experts view team of the year. And it says over 25 rounds, our experts views. Some positions are pretty much... Uh, clear cut and others were filled with worthy recipients of team of the year nominations like the fact that the first three have Tom Trebojevich playing centre um, so I can't take that seriously as a team of the year because if the if the article was New South Wales origin team yeah it makes sense it's a three off series and you can throw them wherever you want but mm. in no world was Trebojevich the best centre this year so why, no. why, why put him at the centre? as the best fullback. Put him at centre. I'm sorry, Tedesco, you miss out this year. Um, Basically. Like I said, I'd put Payne Haas on the wing to fit him in if that was the rule. Like, who cares if he didn't play on the wing? He played every other position for the Broncos this year. You might I'll as well. i put Stephen Crichton there. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> I'd rather Charlie Staines than Stephen Crichton. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Trebojevic picked the ball up at dummy half. I might put him at hooker. <laughs> just to just to make sure I can get everybody in there. Far out. Nah, I just have a team one to thirteen with Trevojevic and the utility. There you go. It's just Pro- oh, probably no, a man. Sort of, probably a man. Sort of lineups are just 
I just don't get. Pro- probably a manly, he'd probably compete for coach of the year. They didn't start playing well. They didn't have half decent tactics until he started playing. So might, he might have been coaching them all year as well. Oh, old, t- old turbo, would, turbo would be nothing without DCE. <laughs> That's what I reckon. Oh, righto. Just sucking uh, up to Adam here. No, <laughs> no like 100%, 100%. I I actually believe that. But anyway. True, true. So what about, I said before the pod, I think it was before the pod, the position I was thinking of the team of the year this year that I found, maybe boring is the right word, um, was lock. And I think there was kind of standouts in every other position, but I thought of the position of lock and I went, yeah, the best lock this year was, uh, I don't actually know. It's probably between Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray. Yeah, I guess. And then even those two. I don't, I, I don't think Chabloyevich has played that well this year, to be honest. And, and I said, like, this year's been his better year in, like, two or three years. He's still not the same level as the other two this year. I 100% agree. No. Would I you mean, put yeah, Fanukin in there? You could put Fanukin. You could bring I don't think um, you Tino. Would, would you just put Isaiah Yo in there just because of origin? I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think Tino, like, I reckon, I, had a pretty good year for Gold Coast, with all things considered, where yeah. their season went. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if he was on one point two million dollars, you know, he'd be the scapegoat. Hey, Jared. Something like that. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> forgetting who that the, the best lock in the game returned this year. Oh, Jack Bellin, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just, I was just saying, like, it's such a. And Beta was talking about beforehand. It's a position in the state of flux at the moment where. You've got some almost pure ball playing locks now in Isaiah Yo, who still has obviously running and line running ability. And then you've still got kind of the old school locks in Dale Finucane, who hasn't passed the ball in his life. And then and even Tino is probably a little bit old school more so because he just tucks it up and runs the ball. He's not really a ball player. Yeah. And Tamalolo was, and um, I still think he's still the best. He's the best forward in the game. He's just obviously had a mortal season. Um, we went back and had a look at the Dally oh, winners oh, through to the, back for the front, 80s. And he was the only uh, forward who wasn't Cameron Smith on the whole list um, back to the 80s. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think it was like the most boring position this year. I guess it'll go to Yo. I don't really care, honestly. So I think Yo Yo does deserve it. Though. Who who are the back rollers? You don't mind asking. Um, Second Yeah. I'd have Papalihi from Parramatta, and yeah, but that, they threw, they threw so much shade at him by not putting why not starting him when he should, when he deserved to start. Yeah, but that doesn't affect my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, Arrow played a fair amount of second row this year. I reckon he was no. decent. But I think he played most of the bench. What about what about Frizz? Nah, no. I reckon oh. Dave Dave Fafida. Fuck off, mate! You look at every person's team of the year. He will be in it. Not mine. Oh, I'd I'd probably yeah. put Crichton above Fafida just in consistency this year. But in saying that, he missed a lot for in, um, suspension and injury mm. as well. Um. I'm not we'll kick put, out Hay Beetle. I'm not going to put kick out. <laughs> Even Felice Cafusi oh, didn't have an outstanding what, season, but he started good. What about, what about Liam Martin? He had a pretty decent season. What, for bench player of the year? 
No, I even think this is definitely Homer bias, but I even think Olakatu had as decent a season as some of these names that we're putting up there. And it was his pretty much rookie season. Okay, Kate, mm. well, nah. There wasn't that it's many cool. overall like flash second roles this year, was there? No. Most of these lists I'm going Tarek through Sims are probably well here for feeder was... and so Do you know Murray, he's probably yeah. a, a sneaky one might be Tupanua. He's been pretty good all year. Yeah, true. To the last. What about what? What, what yeah, about Jaden Sewer? Oh, man, he, he, he got month. dropped. Okay, yeah, no, I got, got the winner. Tohu to- to- Harris. He he wins. Yeah, yeah, okay, he wins. Yeah. Was he right. locked? Well, he was lost. Awesome. Prop five eight second row at different times. All it right, was a two last check of the Warriors when he left. He had to just do everything for him. Isaac Luke retires. Just throwing it out there. Um, well, the, Thirty-four the former, years the old. Dragons, great. That's it. Nine games for <laughs> the winner, Manly in the Interest Cup, twenty twenty-one. Um, what a way to round out. So 286 games from two, from his debut in 2007. Who can name all his clubs? Uh, Dragons, Warriors, Rabbits, Broncos. Is that all? They kind of play for the Warriors for a bit. I think yeah, the Warriors. The Warriors. Oh, did you? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Done. All five. Um, won the 2008 World Cup, 2010, 2014, Four Nations. Um, the premiership story at Rabbitohs is legendary, considering he missed the game, didn't he? Yeah, no. yeah, Coruscant yeah, yeah. played. Coruscant got it. Yeah, um, only way is ever going to win a premiership. Ooh, Rally the Bellum. <laughs> that hurts both Beetle and I. Come on. Bloody um, <laughs> hell. Well, he just comes on as frustrated. <laughs> I was about to say, it's for the guys time. further away yeah, from the premiership than any of us, and then I was like, oh, wait, Jared's in. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell, we'll be back in a second looking at the last bit of contract signing news for this season before we preview the two prelim finals. All right, we're going to um, do some signing news. It was bloody Jared who invited Well, Sorry, everybody. I thought it was Beetle. I don't know whether he put oh. around the face. He said uh, anyway. the best mutant. So let's start with the depressing signings. Uh, Ashley Klein has been signed on to referee the first prelim final. Oh, so I doubt either team will be overly stoked about that. Um, What's wrong with Klein? What the hell? Who invited Kieran? <laughs> Buddy, stop it. We're trying to do a podcast here. It's not me. Buddy, hell, you guys are hideous. There's four disgusting faces taking up my screen and none of them are me. Buddy, what's Kieran doing? You're freaking just like, walking around with his phone. In his... You at home here too. Bloody hell. I'm so sorry for everyone listening. We are... Um... This is a 6 a.m. podcast, and Jared's just like off his head inviting people to jump in from everywhere. So, welcome. Oh, come on. We're having a reunion special. Oh, it's I'm brilliant. I just can't wait for everyone's face to freeze and the recordings to stop, but it's all good. So, there <laughs> you go, lads. Oh, it's it's nice. Here oh, we go. Oh, so, yeah, man. There we go. Oh, ow. Still wrapping the work kit. Yeah, mate. Just finished. <laughs> Tough All right. 
there's a flash podcast. That's great. So, yeah, Ash Klein is going to referee the Seagulls Rabbitohs final. Can't wait to get down there to watch him live. Uh, while Jared Sutton will be refereeing the Penrith Panthers Melbourne Storm game. Um, Jared Sutton, also known as the Storm's 18th man, um, according to the Panthers, will be a brilliant uh, <laughs> soap opera to watch, um, especially to, uh, especially from the crucial penalty last week and against Graham Luai that was missed. And Graham Allensley came out in full support of Jared Sutton by squarely blaming the touch judge instead. That's what you want to see. Um, now, supposedly the Penrith Panthers are a bit upset at Sutton, dating all the way back to last year because they lost their game against Melbourne because Cleary and Luai did nothing because Melbourne took them out through their constant Any thoughts on that, pressure. Peter? What's that? Any thoughts on that, mate? Mum and Dad said, if I don't have anything nice to say, I don't say anything at all. <laughs> You live like 12 hours away from them, mate. You can hide a bit from them. Uh, look, it's... I'm it's got that moustache and no moustache brush. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really... I'm actually worried about this weekend. We, uh, But I also believe that whoever wins that Melbourne Penrith game is going to win the comp. So I, reckon, win. I reckon whoever wins both <laughs> prelims will move on to the grand final. Just throwing that out there. But um, yeah. that's, what that's is that's all... analysis by Beetle? What do you want me to say? I don't remember last year. I don't want to remember last year. I've got footage of you at the, watching the grand final, actually. <laughs> Can we, we should post it on our Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> no one can see Adam. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually... We'll get to the game in a second. Anyway, Ryan, Gi- Ryan James has been the... Um, over the hill forward that the Broncos have plucked out of the hat for the 2022 season. We knew that there'd be three or four in there. Um, I'm sure they'll get the best out of him. They need some of the experience to sit on the bench and come off, uh, come on after I'm trying to think of their starting props. Payne Haas, he won't come off. Who's the other one? Flegler. Flegler, that's right. When Flegler comes off, James will come on. There's your rotation there for the Broncos for 2022. Yes, true. Um, Damas Louie has been released by the Raiders, or not re-signed, so he's a free agent at the moment. That's not Chris a bad pick-up for someone. Damas Louie. You need a front roller, don't you, Kieran? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got Fodder Waker. <laughs> he's got he's Fodder Waker and Jermaine Fodder Jolliffe. Jared yeah. Wallace, mate. Yeah, blinded the season. Eh? Yeah, he's only he's only name. good. He's only good in the last game. He's pissing off Matt Lodge. That was brilliant. One of my favorite favorite parts of the season. Renner for Tony <laughs> will turn into a good player because he's gone from the Bulldogs to the Roosters. Um, as Nathaniel White has extended his contract through the end of twenty twenty four. Eels have not re-signed Blake Ferguson, Michael Oldfield, and Sam Hughes. And we already know Jesse Lossick is going over to the Super League. Um, I hope we don't pick up Blake Ferguson. That'd yeah, my, my opinion, that's addition <laughs> by subtraction for the Eels. Um, yeah. Oh, I, mean, they're, they're... I think Fergo's good. I don't know what's going on with his hate. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking better than Charlie Staines. <laughs> 
Yeah, Charlie Staines isn't playing again. Talking about Charlie Staines, he's actually been doing a Connor Watson recently. He's been ringing up clubs to get out of the Pembroke. We didn't get a run of fucking spot. Palmwoods, mate. He's so average, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. He's like the highest price <laughs> score for Pembroke. <laughs> That's not an achievement. Let's get rid of Mansour for Staines. That was a good move. <laughs> well, Mansour's out too, so. I love that. Oh, we, we, injured, we tortured Mansour, so it's all good. Um, but the biggest signing news, Jared, Gareth Brennan. Sorry, Garth Brennan, not Gareth. Garth Brennan's joining the Newcastle Knights as head of junior pathways, ditching the Titans for the Knights juniors. Um, he, 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 he's actually a Knights junior himself. He's a Goanna down at Cessnock. Um, but I don't like the idea of having Kieran's fucking seconds. Hey, he had a pretty decent record, 12 out of 40. Um, he won. At least you're getting some. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Signing's done. Here we go. Um, first prelim, we've got Manly Seagulls taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 750 down at Suncorp Stadium. And um, I guess the headlines out of this is the Smoke and mirrors that Haz was playing with Brad Parker being hurt, but then playing and then being hurt to play and then not playing because he's hurt. And then Bennett saying <laughs> South don't get the credit they deserve and they're not good enough and they should be talking about the South more. Um, you know, my favorite part of the Brad Parker thing is that most teams do like will they, won't they play as like a, as like a, what's the word? A, to to shot scare them off. Yeah, they don't. They, you do that for players like Cherry Evans and Travoyich. You don't do it for old, old Parker like Hasler does. <laughs> Will or won't Brad Parker play? It'll change South's game plan. Probably will. Sully might get a run though. Yeah. Have, um, well, Sully or, or they would they swing Walker straight back in? No. Uh, no, Walker's been honestly been one of the best players in the comp, let alone Manly, for the last three or four weeks coming Adam, off the bench. No, Adam, uh, Adam, calm down. <laughs> we you went over this last week. He's averaging, he's averaging more hit up meters than the forward packs he's versing. Like, come it on. disgusts me how you guys get away with the pack that you've got, honestly. Like, <laughs> That's what, that's what a good a, coach oh, does, man. Gets the gets the good stuff oh, out of. Oh, please. This is the same coach you were saying after four weeks actually, this year. Should we get sacked? Actually, actually, well, well, I actually agree. Well, look at the base on his decisions that the team is putting together, then yes. All right, we're going to try this again. So, we're going to get into the first prelim final Manly versus Rabbitohs, 7.50 Friday night down at Suncorp Stadium. So this is fourth on the ladder versus third on the ladder. Um, Manly getting here by way of losing to the Storm in the first week and then beating the Roosters. Uh, Rabbitohs here after beating Penrith in the first week of the finals and getting rewarded with the week off. So they will be refreshed and ready to go. And we know Bennett's sides usually play pretty well straight after a week off. Um, Where are we going on this one, Jared? All right. Manly. Yes, Jared, anytime. I've been talking for the last two minutes. Uh, no, is. Manly should shit this in really easily. I just. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I don't think Walker plays well in big games. 
Um, and I think that with Suli, just having that attacking threat, it's going to give him the ball game, just run over um, people. And then if South don't defend that well against Dravojevic, he'll just rip apart. Um, the only way I can see South winning this if it's close and Adam Rendell pulls it out with his kicking game, because despite how good Cherry Evans is, I don't rate. Uh, I think Rendell's has a better kicking game overall. Mm-hmm. But I think Manly are going to win this reasonably easily, to be honest. Um, but news that we didn't talk about, our our favourite player on the entire part, podcast, old Dazza, Dazza himself, Mark Nick, has re-signed for the year at Sydney. Oh, of course. I'm still going to get him on the podcast. Yeah, he re-signed for the year. definitely deserved it. Um, but, yeah, I think Manly are going to knock out South Sydney in this game. Pretty and we should have uh, we should have mentioned actually the team list changes beforehand. Um, in that Moses Suli comes in for the injured Brad Parker uh, for Manly in the centres, and both teams were one to seventeen from their last game, so that made things pretty easy for us. Um, I said it last week. I'll say it this way: I prefer Toff Sipley over Sean Kepi. That's the only other change I would make for either side. Kieran, what do you? What are your thoughts? What are your tips, predictions? Um, are you as adamant as Jared is either way? Nah, I think out of the two games, this is one that can go either way. Um, Boom. I'm going to tip... I don't know. This one's more of a flip of a coin. I, I'll go different to Jared. Then I'll tip South to win. Um, but the only way they're going to win it is through Adam... Um, Adams, uh, Adam Reynolds kicking game, yeah. keeping Tom Dvojevic quiet. Uh, he really has to kick to the corners. That's what Melbourne did. They really restricted his game uh, involvement. So if they can do that and Jai Arrowby is the bad guy like he was in the uh, Panthers game and ruffle a few feathers up front. I reckon that's the way they're going to do it. So just on that point, I'm going to put it out to you boys because I was at the Melbourne Manly game and I was confused the whole thing because obviously I couldn't hear the commentary. But I was going, why the hell are they bombing it to two of the best players in the comp under the high ball in Saab and Trebojevic? And, yeah, it worked because the, the kick chase was good. And then Roosters did the exact same thing to him last week, and it didn't work. Was it seriously – is it just the kick chase? Because I still don't get that tactic unless you're, like, literally going to tackle him as soon as he hit the ground, which Melbourne didn't do, even do anyway. Yeah, well, so, the kick's only as good as a kick chase. You could do the best kick in the world, but if no one's chasing it, they can still run back 30 metres. So, but I don't remember even any of the times to, where Dravojevic caught it, Melbourne hit him straight away. Yeah, but no. like I said to you after that, if you put a high kick in, it limits their opportunity to actually run. That's why Brian Tyre is so successful, because he takes that second run. If they kick it to well. him the first time, that means he doesn't get that second run. I know. And that's I, the aim. It's not the first game. It's the second second run of the set that they're aiming for. I think it just makes his job easy. Like, you've got – he's 12 foot, Saab's 15 foot. I'd be putting on the yeah, ground. Yeah, they're not trying to out-jump him in that case. They're just trying to limit his metres that he can run yeah. back. Yeah. And so that's why they kick it to Brian. Because you, you have to wait for the bomb to come to you. Instead of it's going along the ground, you could run into it, create your momentum and make your metres. But they kick it to the corners. Stay, and then, yeah, they just limit – Got a limit of his involvement. Melbourne also tackled him in numbers and they up and slid with him. 
So if he tried yeah, to that bit made sense. I understood that. So oh, they didn't actually on Trebojevic. They didn't up and slide on him. They back and slid. They did the opposite of what they do to most other fullbacks, and it it worked at Treeks. He didn't have anywhere to run. Um, Mm. If you're worried about Manly's kick return, you are planning your game horribly because that's one of their worst attributes. But anyway, well, no, you just got to just got to shut down Turbo. That's basically. <laughs> I like what Damien Cook said. We can't shut <laughs> like, him down. We're just going to try like, and limit him. You can't shut a player like him down. Yeah, well, that's right. Melbourne he's did. such an attacking attacking threat. Yeah, Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne shut him down. They kept him to less than. He only ran 150 meters. Yeah. Which oh, <laughs> is still shit. a lot, but for yeah. him. That's what I mean. But... Wally, what do you reckon? <laughs> of what? Of what's going to happen in this game? Yeah. Yeah. South win. And. Ooh. um. I'm feeling a lot more confident since you tipped Manly and judging from your tipping this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, South have probably been the second best team since, um, since they've got those back-to-back things. They've got the points in the combat and they've second least points since then. So, um, a one better team come finals time they had to defend. And I think, um, I think that'll be too good for Manly. And I, I still have a question mark over Manly beating the top teams, to be honest. Um, I think if, they're, if they don't get to play on the front foot like they have and they have blown teams away, I don't think they'll be good enough to beat South. All righty, Beetle. I couldn't agree more with Wally. Oof. I'm a wise I, man. <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly believe what um, Ryan Girdler came out and said earlier in the week is 100% true. When teams like Melbourne can do what they did to Voivich, I think that's what South are going to be doing, the same similar stuff. And they reckon they have the caliber of players to do so. And like Jared said earlier, if, if, it, if the South game is close, I reckon the Adam Reynolds can ice it a lot better than Cherry Evans can. But I reckon it's going to be close. That's a big call. Okay, so, so that, that's, that's call. completely different yeah. to what he said earlier. If it's a tight game, Manly will win because Jerry Evans is the hey, best, Jerry said not one of the better best um, ice no, games. No, I said it's a cost. tight game. South will win. Yeah. No, you said he's got a better kicking game. Yeah, I reckon he's going to be close. If it's close, I'd take Cherry Evans over Reynolds. Okay, that's not what so... Anyway, I reckon it's going to be close at all. I reckon South's going to run through them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Adam, hit us up, mate. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a a big win either way. I think they both teams have big weaknesses and both teams have strengths. Um, I still don't get the flat track comics. You can say that about any team in the top four except for Melbourne. Um, in that if things aren't going their way, Melbourne's the only one out of Penrith, Rabbits or Manly they can turn it around against the other teams. I don't um, agree with that. You don't agree with it? Because Rabbitohs did it to you guys and you weren't able to come back when it really mattered. Yeah, that's true. But we also um, did it um, We did it from behind before. So. Yeah, but it didn't matter. It was regular season. It's just final. Yeah. Cleary. Uh, nothing wrong with doing it from behind. Yeah, that's true. Um, Manly's the last two... This podcast has gone well. <laughs> So Manly's last two games this season, we talked about they were behind for both of them and came back and roared at the teams. The difference is 
we said if they did that against Melbourne, it wouldn't happen. And it didn't happen because Melbourne got out to start with anyway. So I 100% agree, whichever team, if any, either team can get out to a 12 point lead early, I'm not going to say the game's over because the other team does have the talent to do it. It's just going to be very hard um, to win from that position. Um, yeah, I don't agree okay. with the flat track bully one either. Yeah, because yeah, I, I said, is he talking I, about Penrith or is he talking about Manly? Yeah, okay. He was, so he was talking about Manly, but yeah, I know. I was Manly just saying, beat he could've, top he could've... four teams this year. So, are they? Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, they they who, beat. Who, who haven't beaten any top four teams? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we had. Parramatta in the top four. When, um, when, when, oh. Oh. Oh, when they beat them, they're in the top four. Um, the clutch was take... we were in the top four at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> you can only, yeah, exactly. You can only verse the team that you're versing, and they're versing a top four team, and they oh, beat them. So. Oh, that, that, that is, oh, that I've that heard is it all. I, I like that logic. I, I like it because so we're you, in the top four. So you're four saying if, if Bulldogs beat <laughs> Cowboys because they won the first game of the week by 50 points, and they're in the top position all right i'm just gonna i'm gonna stop that i'm gonna stop that one there okay um yeah okay so sorry adam the odds on this one a dollar 74 at south yeah two dollars 15 at for seals yeah so, i think that's about right um adam, you generally adam, this time of the year you the favorite will be whichever team finished on top i don't i don't see the team running through each uh well sorry if one team oh, i know how i'm trying to say both teams suck defensively compared to the other two storm and um, Penrith. So, who's on your um, right, Adam? Is it Parker or Sully? Sorry, no, that's no, Harper. Harper. Oh, that's a bit better defensively. Um, okay, so what we got here: Adam picked Manly, Kieran picked South, Jared picked Manly, Beetle picked South, and Wall picks South. So we'll see how that one goes. All right, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd see this on being something like a twenty-six to twenty or 30 to 24, something like that. A high scoring, but within one score worth game, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. So, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be high scoring and... High scoring, but close. one try in it. Whereas another game will be... cookie man of the match. Yeah, something like Oof. that. Could go oh, either way. I'm not match, nervous Adam? at all, though, which is cool. I really like this final Who's man of the match, Adam? No pressure. Who's man of the match? Um, yeah, man of the match for the finals. Darren Nichols. <laughs> Good old Daz. All right, Kieran, you say no. Cookie? You know... Yeah, I don't know why he hasn't been playing that well, but he's Beetle, for a man of the match, game. mate. Alan Reynolds. Reynolds. And Wall? Um, let's go... I'll play it safe and go Cody Walker. Walker. Um, okay. I think he'll, he'll torch that right edge. I'm going to go really safe and say Tommy T. Yeah. <laughs> You're a brave I'm looking man. At, like, I'm looking at proven <laughs> big game. Oh, no. I can't bet the shit, so i got to play my odds. In all seriousness, no, I reckon the two most important players, well, the, the players that will dictate this game the most or, or, or swing it either way if it's tied are the two number 14s. Whoever has a bigger impact out of Marshall and Walker will go a long way to winning the game for their team. See, yeah, I, I think if um, I don't think Marshall needs to play any role at all. I, if if they're relying on him to get him over the line, I think Sias are gone. That's well, they've done opinion. that three or four times this year where things haven't been clicking. As soon as he's come on, he sparked. Yeah, I guess the, the only way I can the only way I can see that happening is if Walker then gets shifts to fullback, and then because I I don't I think they lose fluency when Benji comes into the middle. 
If it's sure. a tight game, do you think they'll put Benji on? He might yeah, play seven minutes on the bench. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, how much does this game change if Mitchell's playing? Oh, I it changes yeah. a lot, a massive a lot. amount. So, do they play differently? You reckon, or just um? Well, no, they, they haven't have, played they, any yeah. different to when he's been there. The difference is they've not struggled, but they haven't had the go forward coming out of their half as readily and their back line hasn't been as quick and shifty. Like they haven't attacked. He's, the he's not a game much. breaker either. It, yeah. he's not a, Tough's he's a not good a player. I, I, we've talked about, we rate him as a player, but he's no Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, uh, no. It, it's a, it's a massive loss. Like the, the advantage Trebojevic has over tough is insurmountable compared to uh, Latrell Mitchell. So like we saw what he did in Origin, he's one of the the top players with pure like with with regards to elite talent in the whole comp. You can't replace that. Um, yeah, it'd be a massive difference. That I reckon if he was in that betting line, it'd be more like a dollar seventy to sixty to seventy. Okay, I think the big question in this game is who's faster, Saab or Johnson? Saab. There's no there's no, there's no comparison in the league except for <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone. I'm so um, filthy about Saab leaving the dragon. I'd almost say Garrick <laughs> over Johnson. <laughs> oh, please. Oh. I'd, take oh, Johnson. I'd take Alex hey. Johnson with a bung hamstring over Garrick. <laughs> Charlie Staines, Adam. Charlie Staines. Against who? Saab. Saab. No chance. Actually, any danger of. Getting your own I mean, talent and stop poaching the dragon swingers. We haven't even. Oh, well, you guys keep getting rid of them. You don't let them go. You're, yeah, come on, mate. Saab pretty much just cracked the shits because he didn't want to drive from wherever he lived to Wollongong. <laughs> well, don't sign the contract, mate. Seriously. <laughs> I love it how all, the play, the dragons. all the dragons fans complain about Saab and Garrick and no one said anything about the Stewart brothers. Oh, imagine if they'd signed uh, that. Who? I know, right? It's like, we'll sign we, Brett, nah. but Glenn's never going to be any good, so we don't want him. Yeah, right. Okay. We got the Morris brothers instead. Okay, so the next oh. game is going to be really interesting because we bought Stevie on this podcast for this reason. Little Beats is going to talk up Pemriff in this game and how good they are um, and defend the fact they were trying to cheat last week. So... <laughs> So, luck. <laughs> so obviously Melbourne off a week off um, are going to be what Adam said. They're pretty well close to full strength now. Is that and right? This is their first week where they're full strength, which could be their undoing. Yeah, yeah. they might actually win to go on. That's what I was thinking. Pembroke, like, God, I haven't seen you all year. Pembroke um, have lost. Uh, Brian Tyler is named in the what twenty-one jersey. They've named Brett Naden, so that could be a late change. Other than that, there's nothing else that I can see. Mitch Kenny, do you think Tyro is going to play? Yes. Yeah. Mitch Kenny's okay. out. Tyro Mains in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, and they'll do that swap with Kickout and, and Liam Martin again. It's yeah, a okay. huge injury. So Tyro's playing. Wait a minute. They've made a few late changes here. Have they? 15, 16. Tar- Isaac Targo, his name. Ah, oh, good. I like that. Tyro Mays on the extended bench. Oh, yeah. And Isaac Targo is being named in nineteen. He's good. Yeah, so that, that? That, that's interesting because there's 
What's Targo? He's, he's second row, isn't he? Second row center. center. Yeah. So they've got no real, no real like ball playing utility. We do though, because no, because we can put Targo on the centers and then Burton in the halves. If we yeah, right. Okay. Where'd cool. you see that? I wouldn't do that. Bad move. <laughs> Bro, they Titans. So that's, it. that's the odds. The odds on this one: a dollar thirty-three, Penrith three to forty-five. So, You're a bet, man. Go Penrith. Okay, Beagle. Here's your time to shine, mate. Why do you think they didn't cheat last week? <laughs> do you think they'll cheat this week? And why do you think Penrith can beat Melbourne? Can we, <laughs> can we say they did the third one? Can we say they didn't cheat? First of all, cheat I never denied. Yeah. They did. They did. They did. did. They did. For they start. Or they didn't run. cheat. They just, they just did something that the refs didn't see. So what? That's not their fault. Yeah. Every team bends and the rules to get the advantage. Exactly. Exactly. And well, I hate the fact that the, the Graham Annesley comes out and then says that a ruling was wrong on the field. It's it's up to the ref's discretion 99% of the time, so leave it be. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going out there and saying that what we did was illegal because it was clearly illegal, what Lua did and what, you know, we got – we've done our fine – with our Mitch Kenny saga, but not, that punishment's not harsh enough in my opinion. But anyway, why are you going to win this weekend? Uh, well, we've done it before. How we that? Before. Well, they did not have. No, I think they did well full strength. We didn't have. I think Harry Cleary. Grant was playing. We didn't have. We didn't have Cleary. That's a big one. Um, Jared, I still don't I think, see where you've seen this Isaac Targo thing. He's in the reserves at number 18. I will send you a screenshot. All right. We will win because we are the underdogs. That's why. And we're the There's only no team that can beat Melbourne. There at all. It's just because yeah. you're underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 tactics, what tactics are needed? Hey, Queensland won Origin eight years in a row as the underdog, remember? What, what is your justification other than under? You give us something here. I gave you like <laughs> four days notice. Okay, I'm just going to jump in on that earlier game of the season that you guys were talking about. So round three it was, Penrith 12, Storm 10. So looking through the team list, Penrith were missing Nathan Cleary and they were missing Coruscant. Otherwise, they were full strength. Uh, Storm were missing Pappenhausen. Uh, they were missing Harry Grant. They were missing Felice Kafusi. They were missing Dale Finucane. And must be someone else because their bench has Darren Shonig and Tyson Smoothie on it. Um, yeah, so yeah, big outs for both teams. So one team's missing their halfback and their hooker. And the other one's yeah. missing their fullback. Would be starting. That was the first time they missed Green. I think that season. Oh, Look, no, it, it's full away. credit to Pembroke for winning the game. It was one you, of the best you, games of the year. And yeah, I think you, you had Pappenhausen into that. You had Pappenhausen. You had the defense of Kafusi onto that field and ability for him to run lines. You, you, that's but then you have to say the same the other way. So, with Peter correct, me, and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Penrith cheated in that game too. Um, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember Storm did a short kickoff at the end and Penrith knocked it on and then picked it up from in front. Oh, and they yeah. And scrum instead of a penalty. Yeah. So I think, like, so Peter, would you like word. to explain it's that, just, please? Um, referee 
in uh, what's the word? Uh, or some shit. <laughs> okay, Beetle. Why Penrith going to win this game? game? <laughs> why Penrith going to win? We're going to win because uh, if we use Nathan Cleary as a, a, a kicking game, we had toward, not the, not the finals because he's been pretty woeful. Our attack's been pretty woeful. But if we bring back our attack we had at the start of the season when we went on that 12-win streak and we had Nathan Cleary to really suffocate them with the just pressure on their goal line, really do what Melbourne do to other teams. We have to really play our best game of the year, like on the bestest of the best game of the year um, to beat them. And if we to do that, we need to beat them up the middle. So we need to set that platform, really get that, get Fisher Harris, really get Isaiah Yo and uh, kick out. Kick out has been very quiet the whole final series, even back in the year, has been really quiet. And, <coughs> and we also have a guy called Tafita Pengai who can bring some X factor onto the off the bench when the field's a bit tired, when their line's a bit tired. But like I said before, we have to be on our best game to beat them. And Cleary, Cleary needs to step up with his kicking game. Do you think Cleary has the ability these days since he's proven that he hasn't done as well as he's played in the big games? Do you reckon he's reckon finally he, owning it? I reckon, I reckon experience is a big thing. So you reckon the origin... He's, he's played, he's played just, a lot of origin. where that comes from? What? Him not playing well in big games. Origin, 2020, or, uh, grand final last year. Uh, 2020, uh, or, or, he was New South Wales best played, player in game two and three. Yeah, well, in the game that mattered, he didn't play well. He um, did. That was game three. That was game three. Yeah. He was New South Wales best player. He didn't play well. Like he, he didn't play well. The two years of Origins before that, he didn't play well on them. He was just a passenger. That's because he was like 20 and 19. And he had James Maloney with him too. So, and, and then pack last year in the grand final, he, he went missing. You can't deny that. No. The Penrith team went missing. He was 20. So, that, that's he, why... Wait, that's my point. He still hasn't proven. And he scored a try at the end of that game. I, I think he's proven to be their biggest big game player. Honestly. Well, that's not good for Penrith. Oh, God. He, that, I don't know where you're getting he's that got from. Enough, he's got enough experience now to play off the back foot. Okay, that's that's probably the, that's probably the best thing about Cleary's game right now. That's probably what sets him apart of a lot of other halves. He can play off the best back back foot, and that's what, in my opinion, defines a half. So, yeah, your forwards go forward so he can play off the front foot. Yes, but if we don't have that go forward by Melbourne's pack dominating us, I think like like Roosters did to us probably that the first time we played Roosters, we got dominated that first fifteen minutes, absolutely blown off the park. And Cleary's kicking game got us back into that game. He put a kick on a third tackle, and I think Crichton scored off that. He was about 40 metres out, 30 metres out, he did that. So if we can do enough like that to Melbourne, which is going to be a lot more challenging than Roosters granted. But if we do that to them, we'll win. So do you have a bit of a, what's the word, a backup option, as it were? Like, can Luai step up if with the proper kicking game like that if, Melbourne do what they do and shut down Cleary. No, but they're able to shut down Trevojevic. If 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 Cleary gets shut down, Luai gets shut down. Oh, that's yeah. Awkward. yeah, that's true. I I don't think this is a hot take, but you could have taken Luai out of Penrith the last five weeks and put any other five eight in there, and they'd have the same results. 
because he's Ooh. been doing nothing. Basically. Yeah, right. yeah okay. Yeah, he well, when I say he, nothing, he, like compared to what we know he can do, like his pre-origin form and his post-origin form have been completely flipped. Like he was on fire yeah, to start he, the year and this whole second half of the year, he's... Well, he, he was arguably outplaying Cleary to start the year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he 100%. And um, blues. Yeah. (laughs) Beetle, who's your man of the match, mate? My man of the match is Nathan Cleary. Okay. Kieran, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Pemmer for gonna win too. Pemmer for gonna win. Yeah, I figured that. (laughs) What's your score, Beetle? My score? It's gonna be a really close one, but Cleary's game Cleary's goal kicking game is gonna beat them. So I reckon 24-20. I will admit, you, think, you reckon he's still score four tries? Yes. I, I will admit, he's got a better, way better goalkeeping game happening now. So that's a bad thing. And we need to do what we did do last week against Paramount and take those two points. We need to, that was that was awful. I thought Pemrith team come out and said that was decision to make. <laughs> okay, Kieran, what is going to happen in this game? Okay, I'll start off with I think Melbourne going to win 36-12 or more. Jerome Hughes, uh, man of the match. I think the game last week, whoever was going to win that, this week, it was just far too brutal. They're going to be sore all week. Um, I think just like last year, Panthers have set the worst couple of games the finals last year, and I think they're going to bow out in straight sets this year as well. Uh, Melbourne, after having the week off, they're full, full strength. Um, they'll be fresh, and Panthers aren't going to be able to stop the Melbourne juggernaut this year again. Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, I'll storm a win. I, I reckon it's probably more like a 26 8. I reckon. I reckon Penrith will take too early. And probably be in it until Harry Grant comes on. And then um, I think the one-two punch of Grant and Smith will be too much for them and then they'll roll through them. Um, so I reckon I'll go Harry Grant, man, the match. <clears throat> and um, yeah, 26-8. I, um, I just have concerns over Penrith's attack at the moment. Like they're just clunky and um, that whole left edge just doesn't seem to be clicking at the moment, which is a worry because if you gonna beat Melbourne, you gotta beat them on that on their right edge. And if if Penrith's left edge isn't clicking, I don't see how they're gonna score points. Okay, fair enough. So it's it, it is interesting um for me with Chorus out. So at the start of the game I reckon he can cause a bit of da- damage for Melbourne because he's probably the most creative hooker out of everyone. But as as well said that he's he's gonna get through Brandon Smith his creativity, his hardness in the thing, and he's going to have Harry Grant. So, as I said, Mitch Kenny isn't playing in this game. So, Coruscant is going to be playing 80 minutes at hooker. And he's going to be getting, you know, as yeah, the one-two punch from Grant and Smith, which will, I think it'll tire him out a fair amount, um, as it does most teams. But it's just interesting for Coruscant because he, I'm pretty sure he made a few breaks against Paramount. He did get finished off last week, but... He was the one guy in the middle creating a fair amount last week. So 
he can probably trouble Melbourne, but I don't think he's going to be a handle both of them coming at him at the same time, which Melbourne generally do for the last 20 minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, Adam, what do you reckon? So, Jared, just on, do you reckon Melbourne are going to send a lot of traffic Coruscant's way? Tire him out. Well, can't last the 80, as well as Cleary with his bum shoulder. Yeah, well, I, I just reckon that if I reckon tiring out Coruscant could be more of a priority for Melbourne than tiring out Cleary. Because if you if you put pressure on Cleary, like you said, with that bung shoulder, I reckon he can I reckon he'll um won't do as much. But Coruscant, he's fit, he's fast, he's creative. If they shut him down, there goes their middle, which is quite dangerous for Penrith. Um but in saying that too, they've also got to watch out for Isaiah Yeri too, because he's he, he he's he's just awkward. Like when he runs, you don't think he's gonna be able to do that late step or that run or anything like that. It always looks so slow. It's like a injured fucking gazelle when he runs, but he always oh, makes breaks. Right. It's ridiculous. Um he, he so had yeah, a ripper I, last week. Yo did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he, he's a big factor in um Pembrose attack. But I think when Coruscant's missing, it really makes them, like Wall said, a lot more clunky. And if you can knock, if you can take him out and have a lot of traffic with him, like he's going to have Welch running at him all game, Bromwich, um, all those kind of players, I think that limits Pembroke's attack a fair amount. Fair amount. Um, but yeah, Adam, what do you reckon about this game? All right, so I've been trying to help Beta with his job here. I just need a couple of uh, clarification things from him. Um, what's time? <laughs> What's Tyro May going to play? Who's he going to come on for? Is he played? Yeah, he's on the interchange. He's on the interchange? He'd be a sort of Mitch Kennedy sort of role. Middle forward, hooker. So, I mean, like, when he comes on, will Karras, will Karras be coming off? No. Okay. Oh, so Tyro May will be the guy that comes on and um, stays down to stop the clock when Albert on the front foot? Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. If it works, Dick, so, if it works, Wally, if it works, it works. I was trying to work out. So I've got Melbourne to win as well. So I was trying to come up with a way that I'd look to beat him. And I had a one way that I wanted Manly to try. didn't end up working because Carl Lawton um, played hooker because Lachlan Croker was uh, ruled out. So I think Melbourne's biggest weapon overall is Harry Grant coming off the bench. And he's too good a player to stop. So what I wanted to see Manly do was... Croker starts, and as soon as their switch happens, Melbourne switch happens, Manly makes their switch, and Lawton comes on, not to try and beat Harry Grant, but literally just to shepherd him anywhere he goes on the field, a one-on-one player versus player defensive role. Um, if Tyro May is going to come on and Coruscant is going to stay, that kind of defeats that purpose there. But another player I think who'd be able to do that would be Liam Martin. And I don't see the point in Kikau coming off the bench for this game because the point of him coming off the bench is to be a strike player when he comes on. Um, that's not going to work against Melbourne because they're going to bring a Sofa Solomona or Kamikamika on. And it's just going to be a wash either way. If you're bringing Kikau on then to limit um, the forwards coming on for Melbourne, he's a waste because he's not the best defender in the world unless he can line someone up anyway. So... I'd be starting kick out, and as soon as they make the switch with Grant and Smith, I'd be bringing Liam Martin on just to be a terrier, basically, for Grant. He's not going to get to him all the time. Grant's going for speed, but just to have him as a shadow, just to have that 
extra second thought in Grant's head, a little bit of extra pressure. Um, the only other things I can see is make Pappenhausen pass the ball because he's still not a great ball playing fullback. Um, get up, make him run sideways as opposed to forwarding, make him pass the ball more than he can run. Because um, we've talked about the battle of fullbacks. If you look at an overall fullback, compared, comparing him to Tedesco and Trebojevic, he's, to me, quite a long way behind. But what brings him up there is his acceleration and speed. That's his biggest attribute. And he can create things just based on that. So you've got to get him going sideways and passing the ball. Um, and when Melbourne's got the ball, if they get it to their right edge, right edge, Jennings and Smith, yes? Yes. Yeah. Um, let them play with the ball as much as they want slide backwards and sideways on them, let them run the ball, think that they're getting success down that way. And hopefully it limits how much they throw it to the left because that's, if they get it to Olam and Addo Carr against whoever there's, whoever's trying to defend them, it's not going to be good. And they're all little 5% plays, but they've all got to, in my head, they'd all have to come off at the same time to get Penrith even level to give them a chance of winning. Um, and when you're planning to limit the opposition, I think you've already lost the game. I'm just trying to think. I can't, I can't see a way where Penrith comes out to attack and using their strengths in order to win. So I think Melbourne's just going to negate anything. So I think this is one of those rare things where you're trying to limit whatever they can do and hold in as long as you can and try and pick up a cheap win at the end. I think yeah. another big thing that, Penrith have is Melbourne have been killing teams towards the back. I know they lost to Parramatta and they had a few close ones, but before that, they were absolutely killing teams. And Penrith really had to struggle and without Cleary and without probably Luai. And uh, Luai was hurt for a bit too. But they had to play really a lot of close games and a lot of hard fought games. Not yeah. that we won pretty. We won pretty. We, we did not play well at the back end. Not at all. Ever since Origin, we played like dog shit, really. We still scrape by with the wins, but I think that's, that's another thing does. in our favour. I think that's so, what, uh, yeah. Did my did my um, argument sort of make sense to anybody? <laughs> I don't I don't agree, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. With, so. with, with which bit? Because I'm I'm just trying to think of any way. I think um, Penrith just have to get in an arm wrestle and just not. They've got to get into Melbourne early, I think, and try not to let them settle. Because yeah. the moment that Melbourne settle, then it, I think the floodgates could open. But if, yeah, if if Penrith make it an ugly game, it's almost like the old Sharks philosophy against Melbourne. Yeah. Like they just make it ugly, gritty, and just tough out 80 minutes. And that's there might be the one thing you could question Melbourne is probably the tough, close, big games. Like, do they have the the players that can ice those moments? Um, like I'm sure they can, but it's probably one thing they haven't been massively say, tested I, on. I think that's the point I was trying to get to with the regards to Kikau's got to start because there's no by the time he comes on, the game could be done. And I 100 percent mm. agree. The reason, like, it's so weird to say this is the best Storm side in history. You don't have Cronk, Smith, Slater, Inglis, Falau any of those guys, but statistically this team's better. But I agree with you. They don't have 
Oh, no, sorry. Outside of Munster, they don't have that experience that that um, the closer, basically, if it is a real tight, close game. But even game. still, like, Munster's very he's not much kick a front a field foot goal. player. Yeah, yeah he he's, a, he's, on, he's on the front foot kind of player. And they tend to go to, like, Pappenhausen to ice those moments and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if it does get into an arm wrestle, you that's where you do probably give Penrith a sniff. Um, but yeah. I just don't know if they're playing good enough footy at the moment to get to that point in time. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Sorry, we, la, la, last week, we, our attack was shit. <laughs> and we won our game solely on our defence. So if that, if that happens again, if we, if we improve tenfold in our attack and our defence stays the same, I reckon we're a really good chance. See, I, I like that idea in theory. But practically, it's not going to yeah. happen just based on this. Like, you yeah. look at the top four sides, and Penrith had the worst attack by close to what 80 points behind the Seagulls, and that Seagulls not scoring anything in the first five rounds, basically. Um, and over 100 points less than the rounds, 150 to the storm. So, to hope that the attack's just going to click a week later, I think it's hoping too much. Um, it doesn't, you've you got, only have to win by one point, though, don't you? No, no, no. But for that to happen, you've got to keep the whole game low scoring. Um, yeah, well, that's if a, it that's comes to a shootout, it's not going to work out for you. Do you look at Parramatta's attack that hasn't been fluent all year and then oh. you compare it to you compare it to what Melbourne are going to throw at you? Like Parramatta, with all due respect to Ray Stone and Will Smith, didn't have much threat through the middle of the park. So you then throw Brandon Smith and Harry Grant into that equation. Then all of a sudden you're outside men and then worried about what's going inside them and it creates room for, you, for Melbourne's outside men. So I didn't say it was going to um, be easy. Mate, you're the underdog, so you're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the way they, they did, did really good defence last week. I think Paramount had six sets on their line and they held them out. Um, yeah, right, though, Melbourne's obviously a different beast uh, attacking beast yeah so but i guess the only way that panthers are going to win is just bore them to death and um defend we also got over the line um that three two three times with tries disallowed last week we also did not take two penalty goals so that's what's that's that true that's that's almost 20 points right there yeah that's over 20 that's points right there. see see the thing about it is that you you say Manly um, Pembroke have got to kind of get into the grind a little bit. That that that's not their way. Like when they're on form, they don't grind. They're well, attacking they're, 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 the they're the fourth best but, defensive team in NRL history. Yeah, they, they get no grind. Nah, not 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 the way they attack. Their attack is just fluent, positive, really silky, and yeah, it, we build that. We build that yeah, off yeah. oh, we're, not, oh, we're not saying get in the grind and be fluid. They're going to win by two points. They're not going to put on much. Yeah, uh, as soon as they get in the grind, you can count Luai out. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I, I just think their their attack is too outlandish for a grind against Melbourne. Um, and the only way they're going to win is they get in the grind. I, I just don't see their. Well, attack. that's how. That's what I'm saying. That's how they won that game earlier that season. It was a very. Yeah, I just, well, even, yeah, even in saying that, it was a very up-tempo game, but was low scoring, if that makes It was very similar to last week uh, against Parramatta. Yeah, it was a very similar style game. 
Uh, they need Toto to play. Sorry, yeah, they need Toto to play. But they anyway, need Toto to play. He's the averaging thing that scares me watching Melbourne live um, in the pre, uh, not pre, in the first finals week, watching Melbourne live against uh, Manly. That was the closest to full strength they'd been that season, but they were missing Addo Carr. They put 40 something on Manly. You put Addo Carr then into that team. And being there, I had to go back and watch the replay because it didn't feel like Melbourne were doing anything special but they just did all the basic things really well. They capitalised on everything Manly did um, poorly. And I'm watching that team live going, holy shit, these guys aren't even out of second gear and they're putting 50 points on my team in the first round of the finals. Um, yeah. I, it was ridiculous to watch. I, I honestly don't see Pembroke coming close here. I really, I, Unfortunately, like... Despite the fact that they probably deserve from what they've done in the last 18 months to win a grand final, um, I think, honestly, I think the best thing to say about it is they've run out of steam. I think they've just been such high up there. Everyone's come after them this year as well. And um, They've been up it's for been, a long it's, time. It's, been, yeah, it, it's a territory for us as well, having seven, six players in the origin as well. Yeah, no, that's right. And you, you I just think that you, you, I think next year is probably more your year. Just because I think I've been saying that year, the last five years. No, no, but like last year you went on the run and, you, and this isn't going to sound like this, this is not a crack at all, but you went kind of under the radar last year because no one's, everyone's, no one's expecting you guys to continue the form you were in last year. This year, everyone prepared for you. Start of the year, you came out and you beat them anyway. And then what you, your players earned that origin run and then they just got tired from it. That's I think that's all it is right now. And I think they're just tired. Um, and I think that if they do get knocked out this weekend, which I'm expecting, they're going to come back this preseason, get all refreshed and their bodies are going to be more developed for the NRL week in, week out, getting people coming after them every single week. I think next year is more your year because... I don't think you're losing anyone next year, Eva. Kate, well. Kate, Kate. Uh, well. Yeah, but you got Liam Martin. You got a few good sec- second rollers coming through. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I think losing Nate, Matt, Nate Burden, Matt Burden. Yeah. Matt Burden as well. But yeah, you look, can come yeah. back and beat the storm. They're losing. I don't care. And Hines. But I think I think next year is more your your style. But I don't. I don't. Right. I just think you run out of puff. So we got three rabbits and two seagulls and four storm and one panthers. That's pretty much how it is. Yeah. Whoever right. wins, whoever wins this Penrith Penrith Melbourne game is going to win the comp. See, I, I um I reckon if you beat Melbourne, you've played your grand final a week early, and you'll get yeah, done. fair call. Mm. I'm going to yeah. be there either way with no pressure on because my team's already yeah. outperformed what I expected. So I'm going to have heaps of fun. <laughs> Um, And Beatle, just always think, 2008 grand final. Underdogs, 40-0. There you go, buddy. Just follow that. I'm thinking thinking 2003. We were underdogs then, too. Oh, and you know what, Steve? There is an an advantage on your side that Manly had, too. Cameron Smith wasn't playing. Uh Uh-huh. True. But this seems better than that one, so. No, it's not. Oof. 
statistically. You we'll can't say. side to side. We'll, uh, we'll leave together. it on a bombshell in that Billy Slater is going to be announced Maroon's coach in the next <laughs> couple of hours. So there we go. Um, Fuck shit. You've got an immortal, next year, immortal versus a pretty good coach. Oh, pretty good player. Um, there we go. So we'll talk to you guys on some morning, Monday morning. No, what's today? Today's first. Yeah, Thursday, yeah, Monday morning after both prelim finals and we'll be doing a review and then a grand final preview next week. Um, remember, if you go into this prelim this weekend on the Friday night, shoot us a message. Uh, we'll try and meet up before the game. And um, good luck to your team. Go Manly. And thanks hey, for all our guests on tonight. You guys done great. Thanks a strong word. No good to hear, boys. Cheers, guys. <laughs> See Go you, the Titans. <laughs>Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.